0: and I'm like I'm I'm gonna tell like that must feel good you know I've always wrote well I'm gonna speak so I started telling my story and I think the very first time I did the video got like two million views and I was like well I found my calling on welcome
1: to the show Katie
0: thanks
1: so what's your sober date
0: um I May second. Well, while I, before, when I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, I don't exactly know the date.
1: Oh, okay. So you've been sober for a little bit of time now, though.
0: So December 2011. Yes.
1: Oh wow. So 10 years. Yep. And you quit um, because you were pregnant. Yes. Okay, that's awesome. Well, yeah, it's I hard actually, for a lot of people. Um,
0: got a DUI like four months before I got pregnant, and I always push everything off to the last minute, so. I kept having my lawyer get it continued and get it continued, and I ended up in this DUI alcoholic weekend program, and I was at this point visibly pregnant, and everybody's saying the DUI baby, and I was like, no, this is not how this is going to go. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that makes no. sense. <laughs> and was that your first kid? Yes. Okay, that's awesome. Now, was your drug of choice alcohol? Yes. Okay, I, I consider alcohol a drug, so that's, yeah, you know, me too. Um. yeah you know I'm used to the phrase by now alcohol is a drug period you know for anybody that goes to that fellowship they know that phrase very well by now so when did you start drinking
0: um probably I was about 12 11 or 12
1: and you were drinking because you were with somebody or because you were escaping
0: I was drinking to escape I was being sexually abused as a kid um my mom hired like my best friend to be my babysitter she was a few years older than me and she was like um, I don't – I'm not going to speak for her, but she was enjoying drinking at then. She was few years older than me, and she started drinking with me, and we drank together for lots of years after that.
1: Yeah, and that's what usually happens. You find somebody with those kind of commonalities that you can bond over a drink with. Because I started at 12 or 11, but 12 was to forget, right? You know, like, I, first person I knew died, and that's when I was what? like, I got to escape. You know what I mean? And so <clears throat> now – you were sexually abused. Was that your stepdad?
0: Um, My uncle.
1: Your uncle. Okay.
0: Yep.
1: Okay. Because I see so many stories because you're on TikTok, right? Yeah. You're...
0: Tiffany. It was Tiffany's stepdad, my uncle.
1: Yep. Okay. Now, because Tiffany is also I've talked to and, you know, unfortunately there's so many of you, but fortunately there are so many of you in numbers that you can bond together because how was your weekend?
0: Oh, it was amazing.
1: Like all, all the pictures I saw, like I didn't but definitely did tear up a little bit when you guys met each other. That was adorable. Yeah, like no, I it was, was really just
0: unexpected. So Ashley and Jackie were meeting in a different location, different time. It wasn't nothing to do with me and Tiffany. Um Tiffany was here, Chrissy was invited as well. So Jackie found out Tiffany was here and then we just all met up. So it was like unexpected. So not just to meet one person but three others as well.
1: That's so cool. Like yeah. Especially in person, now that, like, you know, because of everything with COVID, like, just to even see people for the first time is really yep. cool. But let alone, like, that you know from the internet so intimately. And you get to know so well over time when you get to meet him in person. It's like, how do we act? I don't know how to act. This is Yeah, that's what
0: (laughs) Tiffany was walking up to everybody saying, you're a real person. And we're like, we're all real. And I like that break of the ice that she used all night.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I can't pause you. (laughs) Like, it's not like, you know, like on a screen.
0: Touching you, hugging you. And like, I'm all for this.
1: (laughs) That's so funny. Now, you're also one of many girls from Ohio that I've talked to. Um, that seems to be like I talk to I find guests on Facebook, you know, in like recovery groups or Instagram or TikTok. It's mostly where I find my guests, and all of a sudden I realized I was like, I've had like six women on from Ohio, and like two of them were trafficked together at the same time by the same people, and oh they hadn't gosh. even they don't even really talk in in recovery, but and it was just randomly that I found one and the other. And one was like, oh, my God, I know her. Like, I saw your episode. I know her. We were trafficked together. Oh, my God. <clears throat> like, it, that's – and I was like, okay, I got to do something with, like, a panel of, like, all Ohio, like, people. So this that's Saturday – Yeah, this Saturday we're sitting down. There's, like, six of us, and we're going to do a big Skype, and they're all going to, like, meet each other, including the two women that were trafficked together that haven't really talked. They're going to be on there, and everyone's confirmed, and I'm excited to just, like – hear about how everyone has... I think it's important to put it out there how much we have in common with each other Absolutely. and talk about those things. Like, the things that you talk about, like, when did you create, like, or start creating, like, TikToks about what happened? Um, Sorry, I, I go all over the place. Like I, like I said, this is completely organic, so anything I have to ask is always going to be off the top of my head and no list order of questions. So we're going right. to talk whatever's on my mind in that moment. So my question is when did you start like making <laughs> these videos to talk about your story the way that you do? So like Oh, so, open-
0: that definitely was not the plan because I I didn't actually before I got on TikTok I would speak publicly about the things that happened but not nowhere near like that. And actually made TikTok my oldest daughter um she's my daughter but legally um she is 18 and she asked me to do a TikTok dance and I did it. And she was like, I'm not posting this because you're no one's gonna watch you. So I was like, Oh, yeah, well, I got on TikTok and I found this kid on here and he was just spilling the tea on everything and anything. And I'm like watching him and I'm watching like from his first video to his last his growth. And I'm like, He's crazy to say. So I'm testing the waters and I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna te- like that must feel good. You know, I've always wrote, Well, I'm gonna speak. So I started telling my story, and I think the very first time I did, the video got like 2 million views, and I was like, well, I found my calling on here. Yeah. And the amount of women, like you said, the amount, well, I had my comments turned off, to be honest with you. I grew an account that had, I think it had 75,000 followers before I turned the comments on because I had such horrible anxiety about what people would say. Well, where people could share, where people could message me, I could see that there was so many women, and then when I turned it on, the outpour of you saved me. I've been waiting. Like it was just phenomenal.
1: Yeah. I'm getting like chills just thinking about it because like, it's, you know, I I don't reach nearly that many people, but even just reaching one person, you know, like sometimes even doing the podcast, I get frustrated because I, you know, we're addicts and I look at numbers and, you know, we get, you know, high off that stimulation of having a good bounce of numbers. Right. And so like, if I'm having a down day, uh, I it was happening today I'm like why do I even do this like it was one of those things and then like you get a message from somebody random that you never even heard of or met and they're like thank you so much for what you do I watch all your videos I watch all your episodes and I'm sober right now watching them thank you and I'm like oh that's why I do it yeah you know? and I think
0: that's when, that's when I started to take it really serious um Tiffany who you've also talked to she messaged me, I had posted a video, I think we were at a beach, we might have been, I don't even remember where we were at, but it was a healthy family activity, and she messages me and says, like, I just came out of addiction, and I just found you, and you're the reason I'm going to get sober, because I can see that you're having a health, healthy, normal life after you've been sexually abused, after you drank yourself to death numerous times almost, um, after you've destructed your whole life, and when she said that to me, I'm like, you keep going, like you said, one person's all I wanted to reach, and
1: yeah. And that's and that's that kind of connection, you know, and I made that connection with like other creators like you have where like we we just create stuff together and we're talking about what we want to do and we hop on lives all the time. You know, there's this dude in New York City, um, Inspire to Inspire, and he has some of the coolest like ways of looking at things. His mom just passed on Thanksgiving and he's six Aww. months, six months clean and he's like. He's talking about it every day, and he's talking about how he feels. He's talking about the hurt, and we'd go on there, and I love connecting because my thing was grief, right? That was why I got high. That's why I drank was grief all the time. I didn't know how to process grief, and so you learn in sobriety, and then you learn how you can get through it too, just like you can learn how you can get through your past traumas in sobriety without having to drink over it, and it's by talking about it. It's funny because we were drinking and getting high to shut ourselves up, but really we would have felt a lot better if we just would have – word vomit
0: that's what I literally said and even even my mother that I I no longer even when we never an eye to eye said holy crap if I could have given you this kid and <laughs> knew that you were going to change in such a way that you are so much more beneficial you're like she said you say so much more when you are sober than you ever did like you're exactly right like look I don't ever stop and I'm not I don't plan on it so
1: and you write are you a writer <laughs>
0: Yeah, I write. I wrote I wrote my first book in July and then just recently kind of surprised another one on Thanksgiving. Like TikTok knew it was coming, but I didn't push it, so
1: Okay, so what are your books called? Let's talk about um, them.
0: My first one's on the cover of my or er, the cover of it's on my sweatshirt. Um the first one's called Enola. Then the second one's called What Letter, God Didn't Do This, Surviving Generational Trauma, Alcoholism, and Narcissistic Abuse.
1: Okay. Um, I will have both links in the description. So if you're listening or watching, you're, she'll send me the links. And I'll make sure they're directly to her books. Um, now, the first one, Enola, the, it, Enola comes in my mind because I used to live in Harrisburg and there's a town right next to us called Enola. Um, where, where does that name come from?
0: So that's so important to me because after I disclosed my sexual abuse to my mother, she found a blog. She was read online. I don't know if it was, I don't know how old you are. No, wait, wait, wait.
1: Your mom is, is that your uncle's sister? Yes. Okay. Okay. That was important to me to no. know. Yes. And I'm 35.
0: Yes. Okay. So you know what Zanga was. So yes. my mom found a blog. I think it was on Zanga initially and it was called Nola, and a lawyer wrote it. I've since looked for her, haven't been able to find her. An attorney wrote it. She had been sexually abused. Um, she had talked about how it had affected her whole life from a kid until where she was at now. And my mom read that. And she, I think, to an attempt to help me. And so we no longer speak. So when I published my book, I'm like, one thing that came to mind, my book, that book, this book healed me as a human. And I'm so Enola, here it is.
1: I love that. And the wet letters to God, because I don't know a lot about sexual trauma firsthand so all i've ever heard about is secondhand you know so what what does that mean to you Wet letters to god
0: so um my second are you referring to my second book yeah so my second book's called what letter god didn't do this Um, it's actually based off of a true story Um, when i was in high school i went to a small private catholic high school um we had a senior trip and all of our parents were to write us a letter and everybody's letters talking about, you know, I like I go to school with all of these rich kids and I didn't fit in there exactly. You know, my parents weren't. We were middle class, just basic yeah. people. And so I already don't fit in there. Everybody's got seemingly perfect lives. I'm sure they all weren't, but did you go to my Disney? mom writes this twenty page letter telling, Sorry you're an alcoholic by the time you're eighteen. I know you've been sexually abused, all of that's fact. Effect- I mean, spills my entire life story in this letter. Yeah. So it was all read in front of my entire senior,
1: which did is only like 28 people. But. Did she know that it was going to get read in front of people?
0: So I was told yes. Um, I asked my best friend there because her and her mom were like this. And I'm like, listen, did Carol know about this? She's like, yeah, because I knew about it. And I was like, you know, so I'm assuming she knew.
1: Yeah. And but then she again, she outlined
0: kn- in detail the things that <laughs> I didn't necessarily want all of my peers at the time to know.
1: Yeah. Where was your senior trip?
0: Um it was at a Roman Catholic church in a small town in Cary, Ohio. We stayed we stayed in a <laughs> you senior trip for like 4 or 5 days.
1: Oh man, I'm so sorry for you. That's worse yeah, than my brothers. I mean, I wait I, I
0: all a experience some of it was good but sitting in that <laughs> circle and my mom, you know, spill. Now I'm just telling the world. I hope they're all yeah. Watching because yeah. And to top that, they said I was most likely to be a McDonald's manager by the time I was, I think, 40 or something. Like, for what? Who are you guys? The insult? But hope they're all watching. Now I'm telling the world, and I don't care, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you still could be that McDonald's if you want to be. They're yeah. making better money nowadays, you know. Literally. <laughs> so um, I was only laughing. My brother is the only. My sister and I, we both graduated from the same high school. Um, I'm the oldest and she's the youngest. My parents moved to Massachusetts for a little while. And that's where my brother graduated. Our senior trip always from our high school was Disney world. And my brother's senior, my brother's senior trip was going on a tour of like mansions in Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, and-, man. <laughs> and so he was so butthurt all the time, still to this day with middle child syndrome that you guys got to go to Disney world. And I didn't. That's so funny.
0: <laughs> well, now you can tell him at least he didn't have to go to, a, go to a conference and confess all his sins for three
1: days. Yeah, he'll be so happy. He'll make him happy when he hears this. Chris, I know you're watching. I know you like to watch. There you go, buddy. So it wasn't the worst.
0: <laughs> right.
1: So um, now your drinking was that bad in high school to where your mom wrote that like so confidently?
0: It was bad enough that after it was read out loud, I snuck and they searched all of our stuff. It was that bad that I had a flask full of liquor there with me to drink after that letter was wrote. So.
1: Did they find all your liquor, though? They did not. Okay, good for you. You know how to hide stuff.
2: They
0: find my cigarettes either, so. <laughs>
1: they find my cigarettes? Yeah. When did you start smoking cigarettes?
0: I was, like, 12, maybe 11.
1: Before you even start drinking.
0: Oh, yeah. That yeah. was an accident. My cousin and I, like, we worked really hard to steal a pack, and then they didn't have um, filters on them. So we worked really hard to steal another one, and I never quit. I don't think he did either. I quit two years ago now, but...
1: I'm still trying to, it's, you know, I learned how to inhale with a black and mild when I was like in seventh grade. Oh, no. So however old that is 12, 13, and then yep. I was smoking black and milds, like all the way down, like to the, to the tip, inhaling the entire thing while like drinking with my friends. I'm like, I'm going through a pack of these in a night. Maybe I should switch to cigarettes because oh, it would yeah. be safer. I shouldn't be smoking. I can't smoke cigars to this day because I don't know how to not inhale. You know, like I can't right. not inhale it. I don't know. Um, right. So, your drinking's that bad. Um, o D DUIs in high school, though, or anything like that?
0: Um, No. I got like four days after I got my license, I was at a lip party in this like, little town close to me. And I was coming home and getting pulled over literally just a few days later. My mom literally said, If you get caught drinking and driving this car, it's going for sale. She drank and drove hers, but I was allowed to drive mine. It's not expensive to you. But, anyways, so I get pulled over and I had been drinking, but they only cited me for like illegal lights. But no, no DUIs. I got an underage consumption right when I graduated and then one DUI and then I was just done.
1: Did you leave the house when you when you graduated high school? I did. And how was that kind of transformation of being on your own and being kind of away for the first time?
0: Um, It wasn't really a transformation. So I lived with my dad all through school. And when I graduated, and I mean like right when I graduated, um, I started going wild. I was already wild though. Like I started going, I started going wild to where I didn't care like to come back or you know what I mean. Like yep. So my dad was like, my dad is a good human and a decent human, and my dad's like, you're not running it out of my house all hours of the night. I mean, at one point the man was sitting on the couch, you know, crying when I came in. Like I'm not like he told me I did this with your mom, and I'm not doing it with you. You're not coming down my sidewalk at two in the morning. So that's how I ended up moving in with my mom. So she's working night shift and like I'm still freshly graduated. That lasted about two or three weeks and she's rubbing it in my face. I don't have anywhere to go. And I actually met this dude I'd never met before at a party and like four days later I moved in with him.
1: Sounds accurate because it's the first person that you're going to attach to that's showing you attention and not giving you shit. Right.
0: I, I actually refer to this in my book, and I called it my first trauma bond, I think is really what it was. So
1: I, I could see that though. I mean, that makes a lot of sense because, you know you're very impressionable at that age and you've dealt with so much and the first person that's going to show you care or any kind of attention and listen to you right because you are not being listened to at your dad's because he doesn't want to hear your excuses right your mom is just giving you reasons to leave right so like no one's listening to you and you now this guy is so yeah you're going to fall and fall fast you're 19 20 years old like why wouldn't you right like so but But do you guys then end up being toxic and drinking heavily together
0: absolutely
1: there it is I knew that was coming it's textbook um, Katie that's textbook
0: it it lasts (laughs) about a month in the new apartment um and I I come or we get into it one night and I, I I'm asleep dead asleep and this dude grabs me I had back in our day we didn't get like fancy extensions we taped we glued them to our head you know and he grabs my extensions so hard that they rip out of my head. It's physically bleeding. Grabs me, in my hair, throws me on the floor. I wake up. I've been drinking since seven o'clock this morning all day long. What is going on right now? And we got into like a horrific, you know, altercation, which resulted in me moving out right back into my mother's house. Like it lasted. I don't even know if it was a month. Maybe.
1: Three did months. she? Did she unfortunately say "told you so" or something like that? She tried to
0: sympathize a little bit, and at the end was she's like, "I told you this. He was a whatever. You know, she her choice words for him were. Yeah. So she said it about everything, so I wasn't sure what was good, what was right, and what was wrong.
1: Yeah, you can't throw that at everything expect me to understand it. You, <laughs> so that no makes sense. No matter
0: what I did, she found something wrong with it. Something, you know, it, uh, beyond a measure of normal.
1: Um, but it also sounds like you and your mom were very similar, according to your dad.
0: At the time,
1: yep. Yeah, at the time, you know, whereas with the drinking, that means your mom was probably drinking when they were together. Yeah. And which means, like, it would scare your dad because, like, oh, shit, like, I've already seen this and how that turns out. And he I was, don't want to.
0: He was petrified. I was going to follow down the same path so much. that, And I used to piss me off to my core so much that when I was pregnant with my daughter, he would say, I, I didn't want to be raising another kid this soon. And I would, ooh. That was my, I'm going to show you, you know what I mean? Like, well, you knew, when yeah, I, yeah. Her, I didn't have to show him because I had that mothering instinct, you know? Yeah. But yeah, he worried that much that I'm going to end up taking care of. Yeah.
1: But if it was me and it was my daughter, I would kind of say the same thing in order to make her realize like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Because you're not going mean, I to- I thoroughly anything.
0: understand now. And we, yeah. we joke about it and talk about it. And he makes comments about how cruel it was. And I'm like, yeah, it really was. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but, you know, it's what you had to do. Yeah, it's it worked, you know, because how old were you in 2011, you know, when you got pregnant and you decided, you know, now I'm going to try sobriety?
0: I was 22.
1: Oh, so you were, like, that was, like, a year later. Yeah. Did you move back in with your dad to do that?
0: Nope.
1: You stayed with your mom.
0: Um. At this point, so I skipped an episode, so I I lived with mom for maybe two or three more months, and... My mom kind of said, like, she had let me stay there to straighten myself up, so I had quit drinking altogether. I I still was slipping, and my aunt was influencing it greatly, but my mom said at one point, get up, get out of my house. It's in my book. This is no fucking flop house. You're not getting drunk and slopping your ass in my bed and laying around all day. Go find a job. Don't come back until you do. So when I was, like, 11 years old, I spent a lot of time at her sister's house. And I had met this boy I was madly in love with, and she moved, and they lived in a trailer park, and she, my mom would never let me go back if you're not hanging out with that dirty little trailer park boy. And the day that she kicked me out of her house and told me to go find a job, that trailer park boy hired me at that job I ended up getting that day. So you guessed it, a few weeks later, I moved in a trailer with trailer park boy. <laughs>
1: We can call him Sean Hunter for reference. And we
0: still live together in our home now. To this, it's been 15 years now, so good that result is, with it.
1: Yeah, it was the right thing to do. Right. You know, and so because you, you know, you obviously you had a connection from when you were younger at 11, and had you had already had um, what happened with your uncle? how old were you when that happened?
0: Um, I was five. I... I want to tell you five, but then I remember things, and a little younger than five until I was eleven. Oh, so, so I met him right when it was ending, for the most part, and I remember like right when it was ending.
1: Did it end because you got too old?
0: Um, it ended because he went to prison.
1: Did you? Because you said something
0: for um Robin the neighbor. <laughs> And then he, he went... got out of prison. Um, meets another underage girl. Moves. Uh, my grandparents. They, she couldn't move in yet. She was only thirteen. But he ended up going to prison over that as well. So,
1: is he still there? He is not. He's, he's back a
0: father. out. He is. He lives a free life. Um, he's a father. He's got daughters. He's just
1: That's scary.
0: Average Joe next door.
1: Yep. And you wouldn't even know it. You would
0: have no idea
1: because it's not on the registered sex offenders list. Because he he, he was re- on
0: it. He was on the um, registered sex offenders list, and then he lucked into um the victims. What the victim ends up marrying him, and her sister marries an attorney. So you know, it all worked out really good for him. Jesus
1: Christ. Anyway, okay. So uh, now you're 11, um, and you meet this kid. So that that's. I think that's awesome. That is so fucking adorable. That's like a storybook, you know what I mean? It really kind really of And, ending-ness. like, my
0: uncle literally ripped me away from him. I was getting my first kiss in the middle of a snowstorm in the middle of a trailer park, and my uncle is looking for me while well, it's snowing, so my footprints led right to where I was at. And he snatched me up and said, you'll never see her again. And I didn't for so many years.
1: Yeah, and it's the ultimate, like, slap in the face to both your mom and your uncle, I feel like. Yes. to have such an amazing life with this guy that they tried to keep you from at such a young age. Right. <laughs> like like but guess what though? I don't think it would have worked had you had stayed with him and known him that entire time. You needed to go through your trauma. You right. needed to fix it, you needed to find yourself and you needed to meet him again at the right time. Right. Like it, it, you know, and it when happened. I
0: met him, he didn't drink at all, so he didn't enable my drinking and he is one of those people I mean, he's sensitive, but he's going to say at the end of the day, you can go to a treatment center, you can check yourself in somewhere, but until you actually want, want, you wake up and want it. It's your, you have no willpower and I don't, I'm not going to sympathize for you. And that's the way he was about it. And that's the way he is towards my mom. And that's the way he talks about my grandma and he's right.
2: This episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. So if you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo, we have a Cash App, we have a PayPal, we have an address you can send a check to. And, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get 5 bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. If you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever... And you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. Yeah, it's definitely a want and not a
1: need. Whenever someone's talking in need, it's for somebody else's sake and they don't even know it. Some, they don't even know, you know, it's a subconscious thing, you know. And I realized that when I was in rehab and someone's like, oh, I need to be sober. I don't know why I keep relapsing. I'm like, why do you need to be? No and it just it, it just it hit me, you know, and because and I was in rehab because I wanted to be there. I checked yeah. myself in. And I'm like, why do you need to be? She's like, well, my parents and this, that and the third. And I'm like, oh, see, I'm still sober because I want to be here. Right. I don't want to do drugs. Right. I don't want to do drugs anymore. I want to figure this out. I've already done drugs for 20 years or drank for 20 years and done drug for 10. I'm done with it. I want to learn a different way. Since I want it so bad, is why it's working for me. And then it hit her. You know, she got sober years later. It's funny because now she lives like 10 minutes from me in Pennsylvania and we met in Los Angeles in rehab. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so funny. But yeah, but she's good now. You're sober, so I'm very happy. She's like my little sister in rehab. Me too. And me too. So that's how that happened. So you're you just celebrated basically 10 years.
0: Well, and, I, and I'm going to, I'm going to speak on the 10 years. Like that 10 years is when I decided I can't, because I was violent. I drank myself to where my, my now husband would get out. His grandma didn't want me at the house. My, my grandma didn't want me at the house. She was tired of my shit. You know what I mean?
1: All the grandmas was um, like, get out of here. <laughs> literally
0: my precious, sweet old Mimi. She enabled the, me without knowing it, but everybody else knew. And you know, that was just that, but, Um, probably it was on my 30th birthday. I wanted my mom, my mom never remembered my birthday. So I'm turning 30 and I was already depressed about my birthday. So I said, um, there's a gay bar here in town and I loved going to it when I used to drink because it was open, accepting no drama, no shit. So I invited, I did, we went out that night and I think I had literally half of a beer and a big escapade of fucking chaos erupted. You know what I mean? And I'm like, this right here is why I don't drink anymore, why I don't go out anymore. And now the part of the reason why I don't speak to my mother anymore, like I am not doing this to my kids. This is the absolute end.
1: That is awesome. So it, I don't even consider that like a relapse. I, consider I don't that a, really
0: either. But I, I consider
1: like it a relapse. Yeah, know, no, it's important to bring up. Yeah, it's important to talk about because it's an important event. It's a, it's you putting it down for you and not you putting it down for your kid, right? right. It's not putting it down because you got too many DUIs and you have a kid in your belly and then you got momentum because you had nine years, five years, whatever. And then you feel right. like, Oh, I got, my husband doesn't drink anyway. It's not around me. And right. so you get this momentum. but then you, then you have that question of like, well, can I, can I have a little, and yeah. can I be a regular person? And you know, me as we call them. And right. you, you had that half a drink. And then that, you know, I don't know if you'd work a program or anything, but we always say that your higher power does for you what you can't do for yourself. Right. So I don't, you know, call my higher power God. I call him Bill Mary personally. Um, I don't, you know, choose I grew up Catholic, so I don't like saying God. I so I go with Bill, I, Bill Mary instead. And but you know, sometimes that's what happens is your higher power does shit for you that you don't know that you need done for yourself. And in that moment, what you needed done was chaos around you for you to leave and be like, This is why. Because if you would have finished that drink, you would have ordered another. I'm telling, you right, you yes. I'm
0: telling you right,
1: you would have been rolling. Yes, <laughs> I wouldn't have
0: made it home to my kids that night. And I just, I, and I, you know, and it, I wasn't drunk, so drunk, I would have left the problem there. Um, But we took the problem, made sure it got home safely. And, you know, just after that day, the next morning, I, I it was my actual birthday the next morning. And I woke up and was like, I am never doing that shit again. I'm never stepping in to a bar to, I said at the time, never a bar again, which I did this weekend for the first time and left there without starting a shit show. So that was amazing. You know?
1: Yeah. It's a totally different kind of feeling. Like when I used to do stand up, I used to, you know, have to be drunk and high on stage in order to perform. And when I got sober, it was a concern for me, you know, because even I started looking back and I'm like, Oh, shit. When I was in eighth grade and did Annie, I was drunk on stage. You know, and, right. like I realized that we were drinking then, too. But I did Fiddler. I was drunk. You know, like that's what happens. And, you know, we were sneaking in vodka into our Gatorade. before we, You know, right. that's what you did in seventh grade. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and And exactly. I went to a Catholic school for one year, actually, too. I went to a private Catholic high school for my freshman year um paul six high school and then i left because i was so tired more there Um, there were so many more drugs at that school than any than my public school because all the kids were rich and they were past drinking and they were already on drugs.
0: Okay, so you did feel the rich part, but see, I went in. I was middle class.
1: I was middle class there.
0: I went from drinking Mad Dog 2020 to E&J Brandy, like puking in a vacuum cleaner all night there. I was like, yeah, like this is great. So The the houses
2: were a lot bigger.
0: The Catholic (laughs) school definitely fed into that.
1: Yeah, the the and the houses were much bigger, so the parties were bigger. And the parents
0: um, were always traveling, at least my yeah, were never, parents
1: were never. Yeah, the parents were never home because you know, they were out making money or had they were spending their money. Right. right? And yeah, it was one of those things where you could do whatever we wanted. But I just I missed my friends at public school. So I went back to my public school and then that's when my drinking really took off yeah, at sixteen in a sophomore year. Like it put me in the hospital the night before Easter once. Oh. Um, from alcohol poisoning. I drank a fifth of Bacardio in 10 minutes and landed oh, in the hospital. Oh, yep,
0: been there too.
1: Yeah, that'll happen. And I haven't drank Bacardio since. I kind of want to get the bat tattooed on me just as like a fuck you to him. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I survived him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny.
1: Um, But yeah, like, you know, we could do a lot. And, but in high school, when I went to public, then we were drinking in the woods. Like, um, junior year, my best friend had to leave. His house was um, foreclosed on. Actually, my studio is named after him. He passed away in a car accident in 2012. Um, but one of my favorite stories about him is um, when his house got foreclosed, he had three sisters and he lived with his mom. He was the only boy. And he had two older sisters and one younger. And he was like the man of the house since he was like four. And um, he was an amazing guy. Everyone's always loved John. Um, but when he moved, we he knew, you know how it is. You know how to break into your own house. Right. <laughs> so we broke into his house. And we threw so many parties by candlelight in his house. It w- we would Everyone, if you came, you bring beer and you bring candlelights. And we played That beer- was the uh,
0: best kind of parties, anyways, because we've been there, done that, too.
1: <laughs> Until the banks figured it out and they locked it up. And we yeah. could Again, they fixed All the-, the
0: beer cans and stuff there for everybody to view while there's peep in the Man- windows.
1: It was trash. The first time we went there, we we scrounged a place for change, and we collected four seventy-five in quarters and dimes, and we bought a pack of cigarettes together, because so this was funny. like two thousand three. You know what I mean? Two thousand two. So that four dollars, we could buy a pack of Reds and split it. So, <laughs> and the gas station was going to sell it to us because they didn't care. They're not there anymore for a reason. Um, so over those days, you're thirty-two now. Yeah, just so a couple of years ago. What was that? That was a couple of years ago when you decided to put the drink down for good when you're like, really, really was your choice to be like, I'm really done. Yeah. And since then, your life has obviously gotten better because most trailers I know aren't two stories. Right. And I see a, st- a staircase behind you It tells me I don't think you're in there anymore.
0: Right.
1: Yep. Uh, you've written two books. Like, and how many kids do you have? Um, I have three three okay because I saw a bunch of names up on that banister so I knew it wasn't just the one anymore yeah so like you're literally living a life beyond your wildest dreams now compared to like what it was 20 years ago oh yeah like if you would have
0: told me even five years ago like hey you're gonna smile you're gonna appreciate life you're gonna find the good I'd have been like no I'm not you know what I mean and here (laughs) yeah
1: how is it to actually feel yourself laugh now that's one of the things that I forgot. I didn't, you know what I mean? Like I never really like, even as a comedian, I I knew when I heard something funny, I would process it and then go laugh. It's funny, and I would laugh, but I wasn't laughing with my body. I was laughing with my head. And I was wasn't the same way. I, nothing, sober, like, I didn't
0: smile for nothing. It, yeah. No, I feel- and I was always the same way. I'm funny. I'm I'm always, you know, the I always have something to say, but it, I never laughed either and I just and I, you know, nothing. And now it's just I smile all the time. It feels so much better.
1: Your stomach can hurt from laughter. Like, you know, like I didn't know that people said grateful other than Thanksgiving. You know right. what I mean? I didn't know that that word was thrown around all year round. <laughs> I just thought it was dropped on Thanksgiving as something that you say before you ate. Right. When you, <laughs> you know, like people say they're grateful every day. That's something right. that people yeah. do. And now
0: I'm assuming we're both those people now. And yeah, it's incredible. So, I do
1: gratitude lists every day. Yep. You know, I do my daily inventory. And part of that is my gratitude list. Part of that is also I work on my resentments, too. Have you been doing any kind of therapy?
0: I haven't lately. Um, my childhood therapist texts me all the time. Um, and then um, I have on TikTok, I actually have a therapist that I Facebook message like daily. So I guess okay. kind of.
1: Yeah, you kind of do. I mean, it doesn't have to it, be... I'm not
0: checked into a doctor's office paying a payment. Like my um, yeah. Selena that come to me on TikTok and on Facebook is a huge blessing to me. And she's legitimately a trauma therapist I've never yep. seen a trauma therapist before now I have you
1: know and I feel like what you do like this weekend was basically a huge peer therapy you know what I mean yep. like peer to peer you know like you're not none of you are certified maybe or maybe some of you were certified I don't know but no, you know some of you so. could be certified in peer specialty but it, basically a peer specialist is a therapist who has a background In the field of whatever kind of trauma or addiction that you've had, and they just didn't go to school to be a therapist. They just went to school to get a certificate because they have the background of living the experience, not reading the book on it. So I love talking to people like I, I haven't been in therapy since rehab, but my therapy is this, Right. you know, talking to you or, you know, I did two podcasts earlier, one for another girl's show, and then she did mine. And that was, like, a two-hour conversation between the two. Like, that's my therapy. This is my therapy. Like, just finding ways to connect with other people that y- you would think looking at us on paper, we have nothing in common. But then you yeah. talk and you find out, like, oh, it doesn't matter because the biggest thing they have in common is, like, their addictions and the things that they would lean towards and the way that they, you know— uh, found the solution in a bottle as opposed to found a solution and just working out a problem in real life because that Absolutely. problem didn't go away, you know. And I, I always the same
0: way. And I even I don't want to call it an argument, but a disagreement. And between me and another person who's pretty you know prominent in my community, so I had mentioned doing like kind of like Alcoholic Anonymous, but where you could share your trauma too. Like you didn't have mm-hmm. to be an alcoholic to come; you could just come and share your trauma. said, "You know, you're referring to SA," and I said, "Yeah." Unless that's something like people come home and just want to go sit on and you don't have the degree to do it. And that offended me. And I I took a poll on TikTok about it. And like 90% of the people said, I would rather talk to somebody like me or you that's been through it any day of the week than somebody who learned it out of a book. And And I'm not going to get therapy by any means, but I think it's important to interact with, like you said, a community that understands you.
1: Yeah, we we literally do trauma bonding meetings here on Saturday nights at our mental health meeting center. My wife and I started. So like my my wife and I started a mental health meeting center in our town back in May, and we opened in July. And um, we wanted to do it all during COVID, but COVID, you know, yeah. And um, we're both sober. Our sober date is the same. It's two twenty nine twenty. You know, leap day. And, um, but yeah, we wanted meetings, but we didn't want to do just AA and NA. We wanted to be able to like have support. Like my wife got diagnosed with MS in August and, you know, so we've been having support groups for people who have like um lifelong diseases, you know what I mean? And this way they can come and talk or right. trauma Definitely. bonding. We do LGBTQ meetings, um, m- medical marijuana, you know, they, and the families of people with addicts So it's kind of like Al-Anon, but we don't call it Al-Anon. It's mostly they can come and talk to other addicts. So these family members come in, they talk to me and, like, my sponsee and his wife and people that are, like, other addicts so they can hear the addict's perspective from recovery to help them feel better about what their kid is going through. They can ask us questions as people who have been there. And I I like doing stuff like that, too, you know. Because you AA know, is think- great. AA saved my life, but you know there's a lot right, more. Right, that's what for I'm saying than too. Than but AA. there should
0: be other options there if they're wanted, and they're wanted a lot of. They're the needed. I've wanted them. I've needed them, and they haven't been anywhere around me. You know what I mean?
1: They are and- so needed. Whether it's virtual, like whether you do it on Zoom or right. Skype, you can have up to like 500 people or like 50 people on Skype at one time. So like. Whether you do, like, a big kind of thing like that, like, hey, this is the link for blah, blah, blah time. I'm going to send it out to 50 of you. And, you know, that kind of stuff, it can be kind of chaotic, but you kind of find the good in the chaos. Right. Sometimes chaos is good.
0: And that's what I've learned. Some chaos is good. It's not all bad.
1: Sometimes you get addicted to chaos. Yeah. That's another kind of thing where, like, when things are too subtle and they're too good, you're like, when is it going to happen?
0: Yeah, what's yeah. going on, <laughs> what's yeah, going this, on here? You're this isn't supposed to be.
1: Yeah, look now when your TikTok, you know, I'll have the link to that too for people that don't already follow you. um When that started like blowing up, what did your your mom had something to say?
0: I have not heard a comment from her. um No. No. I all I got was a. I'm tired of getting videos of you at 5:30 in the morning.
1: How long? How long ago was that? That it really like. Was it a year or two ago?
0: It was about a year ago. I probably I sat at about sixty to eighty thousand followers for quite a while, and it was right around then. So that's all she had to say, and what I had to say back. I posted the screenshot of what she said and said, "Whoever's sending these to her, stop now." So you know, I haven't heard from her since. So.
1: Well, they um, stop. Um,
0: it's really odd because they all have, like a- anybody that contributed, in my opinion, to my abuse and to keeping me drunk and wanting me to do these things. None of them have surfaced since this is, came out. And that says a lot about them, not me. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that's a lot of like, I don't even want to go give her any more material. Right. That's that's what that tells me is like, they're just afraid that you're going to write about it.
0: Yeah, and not, and not just that. Um, That's like a good a lot thing. Of,
1: That's a really good thing, though, in my opinion.
0: A lot of non-accountability because there's a lot of things addressed. And, and on TikTok, I mean, you've seen my videos. I speak of a lot of things that happened to me. And at least the people that know me probably know, like, oh, my mom, you know, they know. So now everybody knows what you guys have done, it, you know, that, you know, caused everything that it's caused. And so no one really had much to say, thankfully. Does
1: the uncle's wife know about you? She does. Okay, yeah, and still it's like I'm happily married. La, 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 la.
0: As far as I'm as far as I'm aware, yep.
1: Yeah, that's it's not mind-blowing, you know, it it happens unfortunately we see it happen all the time where, you know, people can't get out of their own way and they just get really comfortable with what situation they're in and they can't see a way out of it and all they can do is just find a way to make themselves comfortable, as uncomfortable as they're going to be.
0: As uncomfortable as they're going to be. I think you're right by that Um, part of me. I don't know how to feel about her because, like I told you, she was a minor very young when he met her. And I still kind of look at her as a victim. And I I think that she'll someday come to terms. Not to say that she hasn't already provided children, you know, all that. But someday I think that she'll see, holy shit, what I just do.
1: Well, yeah, especially because if they had girls.
0: Yeah. And, you know, know, like the whole family, like, I'm not the only one that was an alcoholic, like the whole family, the whole family, the whole family is an alcoholic, like, and I don't believe that his wife was that either. So that she stuck around for a lot of stuff just tells me she might, you know, not all the way understand what she's still done. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, we can't, you know, think for her, you know, and Absolutely. we know that as people in recovery, you know, people are going to make their choices and we're not going to change them for them. And yeah, just like your I- dad gave you tough love is all we can do is just say, hey, I'm here when you need me. Absolutely. You know, doors open. You know, my DMs are open if you ever need yeah. to talk. You and know. And I've
0: reiterated that on TikTok, too. Like, even if you know me and you think that I'm not going to respond to you tell me because I'm going to, when it comes to the, like when it comes to anything at this point in my life, I don't hold grudges, you know, I mean, against certain people in my family, but beyond that, like if you, have like I always reiterate that no matter who you are, come to me, I'll be a voice for you. So.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is we have to be able to talk. We have to have somebody we can feel we can talk to. And even if it's a stranger on the internet for a half an hour right now, you know what I mean? Just having yeah. a conversation is what keeps me sober all the time and getting to chat and meet new people and, You know, learning about people because it it makes other people's struggles either feel, you know, good because they went through that, too, and they aren't alone or they make, you know, me. I'm like, wow, my situation was nothing like that. And I can feel, you know what I mean? Even gratitude that I had my situation because it could have been so much worse. Like I was very fortunate and I know that I was very fortunate. My my parents have been together 40 years to this day, you know, and they love each other to death. And I know that. i think a lot of the
0: times like even in my situation even though as bad as it was it could have been like you said it could have been worse like there's worse and i think that almost all of the time things could have been worse for anybody and and that's what we need to realize like okay could have been worse but we have to grow from that you know
1: there's people that get fucking locked in rooms for years and get abused yeah like Literally. literally and they have kids with these abusers and, you know, it's, it's horrifying and you hear about it like the fucking neighbor next door. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like the random neighbor that could be somebody's uncle, you well, know, yeah,
0: just like here in Ohio. Are you, where are you from?
1: I'm, a, I'm, I'm born and raised in South Jersey right outside of Philly, but I live okay, in. Okay. The- you
0: said it at the beginning. I couldn't remember. Yeah, but here in Ohio. Like, just like there is women, like the house of horrors in Cleveland. You ever heard of this? These women were locked in this house. Some of them for 12 and 15 years. And that's what I mean. I don't yeah. know how much worse it could get than that, but in my situation, it could have been worse.
1: Like <laughs> I've see, yeah, and Criminal Minds, I think, did an episode that was based on that. I yeah. remember Criminal Minds had an episode where they like rescued these dozen women from like this yeah. house where they were like in cells in this basement, like some crazy shit. So yeah, it could always have been worse. And right. that's why we tell our story. That's and it's therapeutic, let's be honest. Even doing this, how do you feel now that we got to sit down and talk?
0: oh I love to talk I always get up feeling like I feel so much better
1: yeah I you know and I try not to talk as much you know I'm the host I try to like have the guests and I can't help it because I get excited and I like to talk like I was lucky enough to win most talkative in eighth grade and twelfth you know know, (laughs) that's
0: another thing I appreciate for this because as you know I'm like hey 15 more minutes oh what I still downloaded zoom after you said skype you know like I do all that. And I have such anxiety. And that's, you know, when I used to drink, I if I had three beers, I would tell you my my whole life story, my grandma's whole life, my mom, everybody you want to know, but my anxiety, like, that's one of the hardest things for me about not ha- drinking anymore is being able to, you know,
1: Yeah, how myself. am I going to communicate? Yeah, that was me getting on stage again, sober at nine months going, how am I going to be in a bar sober and go on stage sober? Yeah. And I practiced by speaking at a lot of AA meetings. So I got used to standing at a podium and just talking and I would just sprinkle on some jokes here and there, just to, like try to get some laughs. And yeah. so that was how I warmed myself up to do that. You know, it's, you got to crawl before you walk and before you run. And like I told you, like, it's going to be a regular conversation with no direction. And it's going to just, and I promise it'll be light and easy and I'll be talking with you. And it's not just, okay, it's your show, Katie. Tell that's me right. your story. now that's so boring to me. I don't, I would never listen to a podcast like that, so I would never put out a no. podcast like that. You know, I'm too talkative to shut the hell up. Like, right. someone asked me before, like, do you write down notes? Like, somebody was, like, is doing podcasts, and now they're like, do you write down, like, a lot of pre-questions and all that? I'm like, no. I don't want to sound like a friggin' robot. I, I right. want to be able to, like... When I'm listening to a podcast of an interview, I'm hearing people talk, and I'm hearing the questions, and I have questions. So I like my questions to be organic and in the moment. If we go off tangent on a rant, we go off tangent and a rant. That's just the direction we go in. I'll bring it back. I know where we left off, and I'll bring it right. back. We'll recap it and keep going. And I right, find right, that, God, it's you a know, more fun.
0: I'm and I forgot. So we would have never got back to it. So, so many yeah, people I have keep it. Doing things like this. I've <laughs> isolated myself and been severely anxious and doing things like this has made it better. Going to meet Tiffany and Ashley and Chrissy and um, Jackie was just. You know, that I never thought. Chrissy's episode
1: like is so funny, too. I don't know if you watched her episode, but she was on a couple of weeks ago and that was a very fun episode where she kind of had the same. She was like, I think I blacked out while I was talking because I just told you everything and I didn't realize that I was so comfortable to talk to you like that. So I'm usually not that comfortable opening up when I first Aww. talk to somebody. I'm like. Is that a good thing? She's like, it's a really good thing. I feel great about it. <laughs> but it that took her a couple of days.
0: For her because I can tell that she needs somebody that you know that I'm so glad she got to do that. I watched some of it, but I have to watch the rest of it. She's coming
1: all- back, she's coming back on Saturday with that Ohio panel because um when I was talking to her, I found out that she ran away at 18 to get married, you know, to some dude. And I already had a girl from Ohio run away. What at we do in Ohio. <laughs> this girl, actually, she ran away with some dude three hours to get married and left high school to get married his senior year, just like Chrissy did. I'm like, what is with these girls in Ohio? I got to get them all together in a room. So <laughs> that one didn't
0: even want to marry me. So at least, I don't, at least mine's <laughs> a little different.
1: <laughs> if you're not doing anything Saturday, feel free to co- come by. I'll send you the link and you can drop in if you want. I'm letting anybody just drop in from Ohio for as long as they want to be on for. You know, I'll just send you the link, and if you can hop in, you can hop in. If you can't, you can't. Okay. Um, but there's going to be like five or six of us that I know of, and I'm going to send out the links at 1030. And anybody from Ohio. Is a night? No, I am. No, I'm an early. I am an early. I told my therapist when I got the rehab, I said, I'm an early bird, and I'm a night owl. She was That's like, funny. "You're an ins." She's like, "You're an insomniac, honey. You're neither of those <laughs> things. Okay, you just need I'm to Okay, get- I'm gonna try to
0: stay up. To- I should be able to. So. No,
1: no, I do it early. No, I'm an oh, early in person. in the morning? In the morning? Yeah. yeah oh, for right. sure. Okay, that was asking a yeah. lot. Yeah. No. no. No, I can't. I can't function. I'm in bed by 8 p.m. Usually, you know what I mean. The kid goes to bed, and I go to bed at 8 p.m. I'm usually asleep asleep
0: before my kids fall asleep. Hell yeah!
1: Like, you know, I come here so early because I have AA every morning at 9 a.m. here, and then I also we have a Russian tortoise. That's our like emotional support animal in here. That's amazing. And he, um, his name's Vlad. He's over there. Um, He's over there. He's in his little cage right now, asleep. And he's like six years old. He'll live to be 85. So that's exciting. And, <laughs> but he hangs out and here with me all day. But I got to turn his lights on by 830 in the morning. That's so so I'm, cool. al- I'm always here making coffee and sitting down. And I'm promoting whatever video of the day that I'm promoting. And I work from my office. And I go to A89. Then I usually hop on a podcast around 10 or 11. If that's I can cool. find somebody to talk to. Because I need to talk. Yep. So <laughs> thank yep. you for taking the time to talk and i'll talk to you soon i'll let you know when this is coming out it'll be sometime next week um but i'll give you a heads up when i know exactly what day and all that kind of stuff um okay. but send me links to when you get a chance please of your books um for direct links or, or maybe a website whatever you prefer You're and i'll make amazon. sure i'll
0: send you my amazon links
1: uh perfect and i'll put them right in the description for anybody listening or watching Thank but you. thank you katie so much bye-bye
2: bye-bye